Okay, so you are the youngest daughter of the sheep in your village. One day, as you were returning home from farming, you passed by the same old small creek you usually cross. And suddenly, you decided to stop by the creek and sing a Hmong folk song about being single. That night, you dream about a handsome young man singing his response back to your song as he stood at the same spot where you had sung. You could only see his back, but you knew it was love at first sight. You slowly approached him as he turned around and stretched out his hand to you. You happily reached out your hand towards him. As the tip of your fingers and his touched one another, he suddenly turned to a dragon and wrapped himself around you. You wake up. What do you do? A. Immediately go talk to a shaman to tie red string and, and give you a copper bracelet. B. Go back to sleep so you can dream about him again. You forgot to ask for his name. C. Run to the small creek to see if he's still there. He's too handsome to forget. Or D. Gets the chills and switches spot with your sister. You're listening to two Freddy Cats podcasts or Onion Chaito podcasts. We're your hosts, Guya Maje. And I'm Shua, and we're two close friends and super Freddy cats who loves to talk about supernatural and Hmong ghost stories. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Okay, Shua, so which options would you choose? Um, well, for me, I just for the humor of this, I would choose B. Go back to sleep so you can dream about him again. <laughs> you forgot to ask his name. <laughs> Because he's so dang handsome. Dang. Usually, like, you know, those rumors and, like, stereotypes of that Hmong dragons? Um, they're so handsome. I mean, if you imagine you dreaming about, like, a handsome person, like, wouldn't you want to see him again? Um, it's kind of creepy. Can't you imagine, like, as you're reaching your hand out, like, he's like, oh, oh, lovey-dovey. He's, like, reaching his hand out to you, and you're about to reach out your hand to touch him. And he turns into a dragon and just wraps himself around you. Uh, no, thank you. <laughs> That's too creepy. That part, what, like, if you say that, does sound pretty creepy. But imagine, like, that's so romantic. So you're going to wake up, and you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> and you're like, wait, I forgot to ask his name. And you go back to sleep. <laughs> Yeah, or or maybe one of the other options. What would you choose? Um, so the first option was you would go seek for a shaman for help, right? And then mm-hmm. B was your option because you wanted to get his name, like going to his DMs. <laughs> <laughs> if you can text people through your DMs, through <laughs> dreams. C, yeah, or C, you actually in real life runs the creek to see if he's still there because he's so handsome. <laughs> or D gets the chills and switches spot with your sister. Honestly, I'll choose the last one because I'll be too freaking dang scared to do anything. Too scared to even go seek for a shaman for help because it's serious. It's like in the middle of the night or maybe it's like early morning and and the last thing I want to do is just get off the bed because what if he's out there waiting for me? You know. But imagine like you dream about a hot dude in your dreams. 
Nobody would want to wake up from that. Except the end where he wraps around you, but before that, you know? Wait, sure. Has <laughs> it, have you ever dreamed about a hot guy? No. Because I have. Unfortunately, I haven't. I have multiple times. <laughs> well, maybe you're speaking from experience. I'm That's speaking why. from experience. Okay, <laughs> let me tell you something. Um, every time I have dreams about hot guys, I don't see their face. That's scary. I just know that they're handsome. Because, but at least you know that they're handsome. Because their body is well built. And then there was one time where I dreamed where everybody was completely naked, including me. And I can't, I can't see like their like bottom half. I can, I know that we are, we are all naked. And damn, he was hot. But what, the moment I realized that he is not human, he's a sort of spirit, or it's just a dream, I got the chills and I woke up. <laughs> that's, I mean, it's kind of like a wet dream, but that's creepy. <laughs> I don't think it's a wet dream. <laughs> <laughs> I think sometimes you just dream of people just being naked. It's completely you have odd fine. Dreams. Maybe it's a sign or something. Maybe you should go seek a shaman. <laughs> I don't know. Well, either way, I would just get the chills and switch spots, okay? Because um, I don't want to... For me, I get really paranoid about sleeping in the same spot if I have a bad dream. Sometimes, like, if I get up, I'll flip the pillow just to get rid of the bad dreams or the bad... Uh, air like you know aura that's around me so yeah that's my answer actually that you know you make a good point because for me from our last topic i spoke too much about sleep paralysis <laughs> and i did experience that so one thing i learned was to not sleep in that same pillow now which is my partner's pillow so i don't use that pillow anymore oh, so that was your husband's <laughs> pillow yeah oh so i i've stopped sleeping in that was the spots. first time you used his pillow uh first time in a while mm-hmm. it was kind of like the last time so i'm not still on his pillow anymore <laughs> you should, well you should try it again to see if i'm just scared <laughs> just try it again to see if the theory is true you have to do it at least twice i did do it twice and it happened to me twice really mm-hmm. a follow-up the one followed up after it because uh, my there's one where my husband went to hunt he went camping with his buddies, mm-hmm. and so it was just me alone, and I slept in his pillow again, and it was around, like, five, similar time. His, it's, his, it's just his spot on the bed. It's just, I think he's cursed. I don't know. He doesn't experience this, though, so I don't know what it, this is well, about. Well, maybe, like, his spirit, <laughs> his soul is too strong, and he's going out, doing all these fishing and hunting, and he's bringing back all this bad energy, and maybe your soul is just vulnerable and weaker. So you're the one like, oh my God. facing all these consequences. <laughs> that makes me so, that makes me feel so bad. Oh my gosh! No, he should feel bad. It's, he should not be know, going hunting all, and fishing. It's all about like these fishing trips. Everything with like water, like you know, like Hmong, we're so superstitious about like water. Mm-hmm. Anything in relation to water, we always com- like associate that with dragons. Yeah. Well, that's why we're both like pretty excited about this topic because, mm-hmm. especially in the Hmong community dragons are such a mythical creature and it, there's so many folklore stories and even like storytellings about dragons but no one has ever seen a real dragon and dragon and it's not just in the whole community it's nationwide globally like it's a topic that creates so much fantasy and imaginations and it fulfills that need of mythical like magical feel to things like that especially when you like those type of, type of topics but for me particularly, I'm excited because I have always wished that I would see a dragon. Because <laughs> they're so cool. They're so cool. It's kind of like agree. a mermaid. Like, I wish I, could, I wish I was a mermaid. 
sometimes or i wish i would be a dragon you know it's so because there's well so technically much power to be a dragon too no technically if if we were mermaids then our dad would be the dragon right like the lord mm. and the water so it, unless you're like a merman and and that's your dad the king well there's <laughs> like in mermaid I, I feel like they're two different right <sighs> Because Am I being racist towards dragons and mermaids? Yeah, because mermaids is gonje. They're <laughs> fish. Gonje is a uh, girl fish. Hey, Shani. Jaloni. Jalo is just a dragon king or old dragon. But there's no terminologies <laughs> in there or relations to. For me, I don't see. There's two different. It's two different things. Okay. Okay. Maybe maybe for you, I was, you just see it because they both live underwater like, and they can turn yeah, into. Yeah, I was just. But what thinking, if like a sea turtle yeah. could turn into a human form? <laughs> now I'm thinking about the Little Mermaid. Exactly. <laughs> or like a crab. <laughs> I don't know, but I thought it'd be pretty fascinating. Like dragons in the Hmong culture, there's a lot of like stereotypes associated with dragons, especially in the Hmong culture. As in, like dragons is kind of like a bad sign and. There's like a negative connotation to it, but like part of growing up in America, we we hear a lot of fantasies about dragons and myths that kind of uh, makes me fantasize about like what it would be like to be a dragon or like fantasy stories about dragons. Yeah, like the media has always shown dragons as this powerful, like either they're good or bad. And either you're a knight in shining armor fighting a dragon to save a princess, or you're a dragon and you're just misunderstood. Yeah. And you know, <laughs> or you're 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 a dragon that's trained to fight and protect oh. human forms. Or like those Chinese dramas where you are part of the dragon kingdom and you're at war with the entire world against the um, heaven. I don't know. Have you seen those kind of dramas? <laughs> Well, have did you watch any like dragon related films when you were younger or like recently? Yo, you have you guys seen Gojo Ba in New York? Is it New York? No, Gojo Ba and um, it, oh, oh no, it's not Gojo Ba. We talked uh, we talked about it. It have you seen the movie Ningokuko and Donjo? Oh, kind of similar to like yeah. dragon and like Jalo, like oh, okay. the dragon lord. You're talking about Ningojo Ba and Ningojo Ba. Yes, yeah. that movie. Um, that's a, that's like a Hmong classic movie that's about um, dragons yeah. and and like dragons having powers. Yeah, it's it's, it's a really good storytelling of um, how do you call upon a dragon. Mm-hmm. I really like that scene a lot when he calls upon the dragon as a bet, and also how he's taking underwater, and it shows how rich dragons are. And it, yeah. it shows how, um, like it, how magical because they have powers too, and they have abilities to shoot fireballs. <laughs> <laughs> no, but then one thing we learned about this movie is how to spot a dragon, or no, how to spot a lake that has dragons, mm-hmm. right? Because there are a few like common traits in like Hmong folklore or Hmong um. St- like superstitions that indicates this lake or river has a dragon yes and what would you think is a common trait since you you brought it up i want you to continue <laughs> saying this 
Uh, well, I was thinking some, some things that I've heard as a kid growing up, it's like, if you notice the waters and the lake has like this greenish color where either the lake is really clear and you, it's crystal clear where you can see through to the rocks in the bottom. Mm-hmm. That's like Those are like some indicators that the lake or the body of water has dragons. And then also like, if you come across a body of water that's very clear, like there's no leaves, it's very clean the area is very quiet, then it, that's indicated that there's dragons in there. Mm. You know what I was just thinking about? Mm-hmm. Remember that reservoir that we went to a few years ago for camping? Remind me again which one? We went, I went camping. I go camping a lot. But you, <laughs> yeah, you go camping a lot, but you've only gone camping with me like what, once or twice. Okay, so, oh, so same spot. Okay, yeah, I know where that's at. We don't want to say the name, but um, this reservoir, it, it, I don't know. Now that you're saying all these common traits, I'm thinking about the reservoir we stayed at. And first of all, it was pretty clean, maybe because it's a reservoir. I'm trying to like, justify it now. <laughs> <laughs> and mm-hmm. it, even though there was like a, it was a really it was not a big camping site, but the whole there's a lot of camping sites that surrounds the reservoir lake, and there were a lot of people too. But it was pretty quiet. And it was really clean, and it's pretty clear. It only got you can you can see the depth of like the indentation of of the ground underneath the water, and that's kind of scary too. But yeah, it was really quiet. It was clean. It was cold. It was quiet. It was very calm. It had a very calming feeling. I think you've only gone there once or twice with me. But I've been there at least three times or four times now. And every time I go back there, I'm always wondering like, hmm, it's so peaceful. Like, I love this. But now that you're bringing all these calming traits of like, what if if there's a dragon in a body of water? I'm just thinking like, maybe there was a dragon there. (laughs) You know, that could possibly answer my question is when we went there, I couldn't catch any fish. Even if we use like the fish radar. That's right. We couldn't detect fishes. That's right. It's crazy. We spent like two days fishing. Two good days fishing. With different baits. (laughs) The funny thing is because every time we want to go back there, nobody wants to go back there because they're like, there's no fish. There's no point. (laughs) Obviously, fish is not biting, so they must not live there or they're all hidden. And that's also a common trait in with a dragon right if a dragon mm-hmm. lives in a body of water and the dragon doesn't want to share uh with humans you know the fishes or whatever's in the, in the body of water they will not let let and you can see the fish too right or there are signs that there are fish there but you cannot catch any and that's mm-hmm. one of the common like things like superstitious that you're feeling like oh maybe i shouldn't approach this lake anymore because you could obviously see a fish there but it won't bite you know Right, and no lie, we did use one of those fish detectors on kayaks, mm-hmm. and right below, it tells you there's about a couple of fish down there, but no matter how long were you fish, they just don't bite. Yeah, uh, pretty odd. Kind of gives me the creeps, actually. <laughs> did you know, Shua, that a lot of the Hmong elders always talk about wearing and keeping a copper bracelet with you at all times? And these copper bracelets are those, like... Um, it's kind of like the bronze and silver that's crisscross with like two head, two head snakes at the each of the end of the bracelet. Yeah, I do actually. I actually grew up always wearing one. In fact, I'm wearing one right now. Oh, nice. I I've lost mine. I need to find mine. Again. 
And just in case you want to buy one, you could buy at the Hmong New Year um, every, like, December or November. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. So kind of, like, the myth behind this is that uh, supposedly it's good for you if you're near a body of water because when you're either crossing it or in it and in protection of, like, evil dragons in the wa- body of water, uh, supposedly if you, th- if you throw the bracelet into the body of water, the snakes will turn the two copper snakes will turn into two large snakes and fight with the dragon and through myths uh supposedly dragons and snakes don't get along they tend to clash and butt heads when they're together uh for example like i remember when i was much younger my mom used to tell me the story that a lot of elders when they were crossing the minkong river during the vietnam war a lot of them uh were scared that they were gonna get like um snatched by a dragon uh, a lot of them would say that their hands would start to hurt a lot especially where where they're they were wearing like the bracelet because it was really it gets really hot and it hurts and so they they were like keep it close to them or take it off and just put it inside their shirt because they can feel like the snakes want to come out and like fight with the dragon so i thought that was really interesting wow that's so cool i actually never heard of that story before and that's interesting because my mom at my parents, I don't think they crossed the Vietnam River during that the war time because I think they were already on the other side. But my mom has carried like one um, copper bracelet with her ever since that time, and she still has it, and it's been passed down to me. So it's cool to know that these copper bracelet has a story. Yeah. Well, I would. Just, I I'm very curious. Like, where where did it come from, and what why you know why this specific design to it? And I have two of it, and supposedly it's. It's supposed to help you protect from evil spirits, but especially when you're near a body of water, it's even better for you to have it close to you and or nearby. So when we go camping, I actually take I actually look for it, take my time to look for it and take one with me to just go camping because it it just naturally makes me feel safer. Hey, didn't you um tell me a story about something like snakes and dragons don't get along or something? So that's why if you throw like a snake, this copper bracelet that has two edge of a snake into the water it it kind of stops yeah, the yeah. dragon from so like, in, entering or something yeah like the the myth is like behind it it's just basically that snakes are known for like their evilness on land and dragons and snakes just naturally don't get along together because dragons are another form of snakes that they belong in the body of water and so just by nature they became em- enemies and then uh snake tends to like be territorial on land and dragon so forth for water and so if you happen to like throw or drop a copper bracelet into the body of water the copper bracelet will turn into two snakes giant gigantic snakes and fight with the dragon and so the dragon will either fight or flight and if the dragon loses then it will die and then the snake will well the body of water will just naturally like start to dry up too Whoa. so that's just kind of like a myth that comes along with the how the creation of copper braces came to be too and so i thought that was very fascinating when i was doing some research on that wow that's that's cool too yeah because i was you with you saying that i made me think about that and how I also feel the copper bracelet also wears off like other things besides just dragons, like ghosts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because I remember when I was mm-hmm. uh, getting sleep paralysis back in, in the college days, and then one of our friends she passed on one of the bracelets that she had an extra for, and she said, "Yeah, just use it; it'll protect you." And so I kept it with me. And then when I went to study abroad in South Korea, I took it with me. And seriously, like we were 
we went on a trip and we experienced some like scary shit and <laughs> my friend was like i need it i need it you know i'm like i'm not gonna pass on my bracelet to you i need that <laughs> can't get it you back have, you have different religion like you don't even believe what i believe in you know <laughs> so i ended up like giving her little like peach like baggies and it didn't work for her but um, something that i learned from the experience was that if you genuinely like believe in that then it will help you but mm-hmm. if you just feel like it's going to protect you at that time without believing in genuine like just truly believing it then it's not going to work yeah and i agree like this thing ever since one of my first two encounters and i've been wearing this ever since haven't really taken it off and it's been working so far so knock on wood <laughs> <laughs> and, and so this okay so and i also found a story from the mongo stories facebook page and I thought this story was really interesting, too, about dragons and bracelets. Um, it's about a... This is a story back in Thailand. And it's it's a story of this girl telling about her mom's, sis, her mom's sister. Sister's uncle's daughter's niece. Just kidding. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, it's her sister-in-law's mom's sister. So mother-in-law's sister. Yes. Yes. There we go. And it kind of starts where, kind of like how we started our story in the beginning about how the sister was heading to the garden and on the way she got really tired. And so she decided to take a nap under the tree by a lake and then she fell into this deep sleep. And I guess eventually the villagers found her and she was in somewhat of a coma. So they took her back home to her parents' place. They knew that she wasn't dead because they could still feel her breathing. And she was still having a pulse. They knew she wasn't dead and she still had a pulse? Yeah. They, they knew that she wasn't dead because she, was, she still had a pulse. Okay. And then a couple of days later, she woke up. Her parents asked her what happened and how did she got into this whole situation, right? And she didn't even know that she, had, she was in a coma for like that many days. But she said that she had like the weirdest dream. She dreamed that she had fell, fell asleep. And then a young man came to her and took her to his kingdom and wanted to marry her. Wow. So she took, she told him that she, she couldn't because she doesn't know him and that she should go back to her parents because they, they must be worried about her, right? Mm-hmm. And then he like tried to grab her wrist and tell her to stay. He's like, no, you're going to stay with me. <laughs> and she was, and she just happened to be wearing one of those moan bracelets with the two head snakes. And then suddenly the two head snakes like were trying to bite the guy's hand as he tried to grab her too. Mm-hmm. And so he like backed up and he's like, Hey, you gotta take that off, you know? And and then she's like, No. And then he's like, Okay, fine, then you go home and take it off and I'll be waiting for you. <laughs> oh my gosh. And that's, that's Girl, you don't trust up. strangers. You don't leave with strangers. <laughs> right? You don't leave with strangers. And so like that's that's when she woke up from the coma. And then so after telling her story, um, kind of the parents went out to look for a shaman and told him about it he said for her just to never take off the bracelet and show and so she just never took it off after that day after talking to the shaman uh she started dreaming about the dragon guy and he came and asked her hey like why haven't you taken off the bracelet yet and she told him she would never take it off and for him to just leave her alone because she won't marry him and so the next day when she woke up from the dream um she her parents noticed that she was sitting she was sitting outside just staring at the sky she wouldn't talk or couldn't talk actually and she just kept staring at the sky for almost over a week and then finally when the shaman the shaman kind of came back to the village her parents wanted to seek him to do oning like a ritual to help fix their daughter and eventually she she became okay 
and her parents asked the shaman like oh like what happened why she did she keep staring up, up in the sky and the shaman said you know a a young man like has been trying to take her for a while now and so when she took a nap by his lake he came and took her to marry but she didn't want to marry that's why and that's when he tried to grab her the bracelet protected her from him and then after um after she met with the guy and came back home she dreamed about him and he said that he was he came back to take her back and so she didn't want to go and so the dragon got really mad and so he showed his true form and so during the daytime in reality he w- was in the form of a dragon trying to scare her and th- or like kind of trying to like hover over her and that's why she kept looking up in the sky because the dragon was just as tall as as the trees were and so yeah, so that whole that whole scenario happened, and then after the whole ritual and everything, she got better, and the dragon kind of went away, and eventually she the the mother in law's sister she moved to America, and then she was is now happily married, and she hasn't had like any like supernatural like experiences since then, and so I thought that story was very interesting because it brings up a really um it highlights the Hmong bracelet that we were just talking about. Uh, and it talks about how you know it protects you in so many ways and for for the dragon it was like i'm gonna convince this girl to take it off <laughs> so i can come and like, swoon her you know and she's like no slap the dragon in the bag bad dragon you don't do right. that <laughs> right and so no, but, maybe yeah maybe not everything is just you know i and i think kind of this kind of talks about like consent in a relationship like all these stories that we listen to, like dragon stories, none of them have been consent, right? I swear, none of them have consent. It's just they come and steal you in your dreams, and then you die. Like that's right? it, right? Or <laughs> or they come sure. and make you like monster superstitions with dragon. Like usually they come, and it's either a good fortune or bad fortune. But it's either they're coming to court someone, or they come to re- for revenge. Or like you did a mistake and they need you to sacrifice an animal or something for them. So they and when they come, it they come in an appearance that's like like super handsome. Like monst the monster types of a dragon's transformation into a human is that either the usually it's a male or a female, but they're usually handsome, like top of the line handsome pretty celebrity flowing skin celebrity so yeah celebrity <laughs> status like pale white skin and they always come with good features and like good looking clothes mm-hmm. like good fresh cut clean rich ass looking hong clothes yeah <laughs> they're like blinging yeah like blinging they even looks like they have money like yeah. the like them in our like culture like i don't know why dragons are kind of um they're looked at so highly when they transform into a human form. Um, right, like this has never been like an ugly dragon. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of an ugly dragon, but they may be ugly as a dragon themselves. But because they have the powers, they can they can transform themselves into a really handsome person mm-hmm. or a pretty person. Yeah, and I think that's, 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 um, that's what swoons like human beings. Because humans by nature are just like aesthetically pretty things. <laughs> <laughs> right and you know you can't say no when a good look looking person is you know trying yeah. to swing you no but that's their selling point though like anyone if you see them that they're very handsome or pretty um of course you're going to be attracted to them mm-hmm. 
Like, who wouldn't be, right? If right. you're pleasantly looking, pretty handsome, people's going to check you out. I mean, Remember I would. Was, you, you're going to go back to yeah. sleep and ask for his name. <laughs> kind of like the introduction. Like, I would try to go sleep and try to dream about this, like, handsome-looking person again. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But then, you know, that also, like, made me think about a story that my dad had shared with me growing up. Um, basically, it, my dad shared a story that back in um, Laos, um, it's a long tell, kind of long, long ago, there was a family of three, of a daughter, a really young daughter, beautiful daughter, and who lives with her mom and her father. And they recently moved to live near a river. And in that river, there actually lives a dragon who was a really fine, young-looking man. He noticed a girl when her family moved to live near his uh, river. And because he was so attracted to the girl, he actually had enough courage one day to go up to her and ask her to follow him to become his wife. And what was interesting in the story was that when he, he did that, the girl actually was in her home. She was, um, what do you call it, like weaving, uh, making like a cloth. Sewing? She's making a cloth. Oh, weaving. Yeah, weaving or sewing. She was making a cloth, but um, when the dragon went up to ask her, that's what she was doing. And so... Um, without realizing it, she, for her, she actually put one of the needle and the, um, what is it, the yarn, the needle, the thread and yarn into her clothes, pinned it to her clothes, and she walked to the river with the dragon. I think my dad kind of mentioned she was enchanted by the dragon, so that's why she followed him unconsciously down there to become his wife. But the thing is that she was somehow smart enough to pin the threat to her so when she followed the dragon down to the river and her parents came back from their garden they realized that the daughter was missing as they searched throughout the house they couldn't find her so they were able to find the rest of the villages to come look for her and they noticed there was a string the yarn tracking the daughter's location into an underwater cave by the river so for the sake of the daughter everyone tried to go save her and when they got to the river, they had to dig around, dig into the river and went to like an underwater cave where the dragon was holding the girl hostage. And right before the parents and the villagers arrived to save the daughter, the dragon actually uh, squeezed the girl to death and she died. But it's kind of like her body died, but her soul was captured by the dragon. So... um the villagers, the, her parents were so furious, they actually chopped the dragon's tail, but the dragon was able to escape. But part of this story, kind of like the moral, is that we kind of believe this is how the rainbow came to be. Because sometimes when you look up in the sky and you see two double rainbows, it's kind of like a, um, a metaphor that the dragon and the girls out to sunbathe, out to enjoy their day. So it's kind of believed that the um, bottom rainbow is the girl and then the top rainbow is the dragon because his tail got cut. So you can hmm. never see the end yeah. of the rainbow on that one. So it's, it's kind of fascinating um, how the story came to be. That's interesting. Um, I haven't heard this story before until you were telling me telling it before prior to our recording. And I'm always curious, like you know, how these stories are retold and carry on, you know, orally with our 
parents and you know their parents and their parents well you know like Hmong people we are a culture um that news travel through mouth right word for word their mouth so that's how like news travel and i'm sure the story has been altered each time someone's told it kind of like playing telephone through generations and generations yeah um so i don't know if it's as accurate but it's a story that my dad has shared with me that his dad has shared with him about something that they possibly have witnessed when they were in laos <laughs> mm-hmm. so it's kind of cool to hear like a story um that has like meaning and a great like background to why rainbows are made and kind of goes into like the Hmong superstitions that dragons have enough power to transform to humans and when they do they are really handsome or pretty i mean it still goes back down to uh he didn't even cons- ask for consent <laughs> and he just took her and then when he know he found out that his her parents are coming for her he killed her <laughs> i'll be selfish uh, like why can't you just like say hey i'm gonna marry a human and i'm gonna that, go to the human world that and darn dragon the humans versus like you should come with me you know right no the thing is like in our folk tales like they always focus on dragons coming to take the most um, pretty or handsome person in the village as well because she was considered one of the most prettiest daughter in the village so the dragon targeted her so, you know, that's just saying, like, if you are consider yourself pretty handsome and or pretty pretty, like, you better watch out. <laughs> <laughs> Don't go near a body of water. <laughs> right. Well, Stacy, actually, did you know, um, I also did some research about dreams, about what does it mean if you dream about a dragon? With that, I, I've been watching, like, some YouTube videos, and then I've also been talking to my dad um which you know my dad is a shaman and asking him about like what does it mean when you have a dream about dragons yeah have you ever had a dream about dragons no i've never had a dream about dragons before have you ever had a dreams about animals animals no oh but we do have that dream that if you dream about a snake it could mean you're pregnant but, yeah that's like a very typical like moan like saying like if you dream about snakes and a snake bites you then you potentially will become pregnant but no um but then i there's this um youtube video i can we can share it on our facebook page but there's this man and mm-hmm. and i was watching his interpretations of like what are dreams yeah like what it means when you dream about a dragon and he basically says there are about like three different types of dreams like sometimes when you dream about something it's it means like it's not an important dream like you just have a bad dream because you probably ate too much and then another type of dream is that sometimes you may watch a movie or seen something that triggered you to think about dragons. And unconsciously, when you sleep, you're dreaming about what you saw, like maybe in a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why you maybe have like nightmares. But there's actually another type of dream. And this type of dream is very specific. So the only time you can have this type of dream is in the early morning. You are dreaming about like a dragon that's taking you and you're flying like you're flying or a dragon's going to bite you or if a dragon's planning to talk to you and then if you wake up and you still remember it then that could mean that in the next seven days something bad might happen to you uh, or like someone close to you may pass away or something bad just might happen so that's like a warning sign so it's not me so it's not me a good omen yeah it's not a good omen but this this type of dream only usually happens really early in the morning 
Mm-hmm. Um, but there's another type of dream that if you dream about dragons all the time, like consistently, this could actually mean that in the past life, you were actually born as a dragon. And what's cool is that he shared, um, usually, like in the past, there's a folklore that, you know, dragons can turn into humans. They actually were on good terms with Buddha. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to practice the Buddhist ways of being a good human. And that's why so many Thai temples have statues. And so dragons, the Buddhas, are pretty related and they have an extensive history so if you keep dreaming about dragon it's actually a sign that you should follow buddhism and practice good preaching and being a good person did you know that well that's interesting because i I remember telling you this but because we were doing a lot of research about dragons and i was talking to a few people and they were talking they were telling me that some of the relatives are shaman in a dragon form oh that's so cool i remember now yeah and how, like, in the past life, they were, were a dragon, and then when they were going to be reborn, they had two paths, either be, be reborn as a dragon again, or re- be reborn as a human, and it just took the wrong path. And so they were reborn into human form, and when they re- they're about to become a shaman, they get really aggressive, and so the shaman, when they look into it, they're like, you know, by to compromise what your past life was and your present life, when you're a shaman, you will be a form of a dragon. Wow. So I thought that was really interesting that that kind of goes in hand in hand, like how kind of like reincarnation, how like in the mole culture, we believe that you actually die and then you reincarnate to to another form. It could be an animal or another human form. So I thought that was very interesting. Wow. I really liked it that you mentioned um, like being reborn into a dragon because I've actually never heard of that before, before you shared that. Um, I know that my dad is a shaman, but I don't think he's, like, internally a dragon. My dad, my share, like, in his past life, he was a shrimp, so. <laughs> Your dad was a shrimp? <laughs> so, yeah, that's why he can't eat seafood. He's allergic. Oh, my now. God. Uh, <laughs> that's cute. So, yeah, no, and just sharing, like, a random side fact, like, my, my uh, middle sister my mom said, like, in her past life, she was actually a cow, so that's why she can't eat cow. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> beef. She can't eat beef. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> it makes you think. It makes you think. So, basically, there's actually another type of dream that if you continue to dream about dragons for probably, like, two nights in a row, that's actually a good luck charm that you will probably prosper in your business um, or, like, that you have good luck. It's a long list. Like, he's, like, there's so many interpretations to a dragon dream. One of the last few ones is like if you dream that a dragon can bite you, it means that an old friend whom you haven't seen lately may like talk bad about you or like backstab you, talk highly of you. That's interesting. Yeah. And then also like if you dream that like a dragon comes, like our scenario, if a dragon comes and wraps around you, it's actually a good luck dream and you might get a prize from an old friend or a raise from your employers. What? I know. <laughs> Oh my gosh, okay. Uh, so the I did ans- not know that? Yeah. That's pretty cool. So because we were writing the scenario, <laughs> and we were just trying to make it fun, right? No, so technically, like, I made the right choice. That was the correct answer. <laughs> uh, no, it's not. The right answer was because, to sleep Because in- the dragon already wrapped around us, so no matter what, we're, we are still in luck. <laughs> it, doesn't matter, it doesn't matter about the choice when we wake up. It's, what matters is when we were sleeping. <laughs> Well, actually, if I went back to sleep and I dream about him again, then I might have better luck. 
well, if you went to sleep again and you dream about him and it does something different from what one of the dra- one of the listings that the dragon does. Crap, I didn't think of that. Then, then you know, you <laughs> might it might not be lucky no. anymore. <laughs> See, I switched spots, so I ended the dream there. <laughs> Dang it, I guess that's probably not a good idea too. <laughs> There's really no right or wrong answer. <laughs> wow, we did a good scenario then. <laughs> No, but then I like talking about like dreams. I also talk to my dad about like how the heck do you get rid of a dragon? Like, you know, if you're possessed by one mm-hmm. or if you keep dreaming about dragon, mm-hmm. what kind of things can you do to get rid of it? Yeah. So basically, my father says that if a dragon possesses you, you need to do a shaman ritual and it requires a specific type of um, ritual that you have to sacrifice a goat to prevent it. So a little quick myth about that is that goats and dragons were once brothers, but they didn't get along. And so this strained their relationship. And eventually, this led to the goat living on land and dragon living in water. So when a shaman sacrifices a goat, it means that the goat is being sent to battle to prevent the dragon from approaching the person who's possessing them. So kind of like blocks the dragon's road yeah. from finding the person. It's like another obstacle for the dragon to fight with. Yeah. It's kind of like the snake. Oh, yeah. Kind of like the snake. Yeah. The dragon just has so yeah. many enemies on land. <laughs> it's, it's tough being a dragon in this day and age. <laughs> I feel you for you, Mr. Dragon, but don't be too handsome or pretty. <laughs> well, they get what they get, man. They're not being consent with their relationship, so... <laughs> At the end of hey. the day, I wouldn't want to be taken by a dragon. I mean, they worked with... Like, not to offend anyone, but they work with Buddha. So they're supposed to be very gentle. It's interesting because in the Chinese cultural and uh, maybe even the Japanese cultural and Thai cultural, they're seen as a good animal to work with or, you know, as a companion. Mm-hmm. But then when it comes to the Hmong cultural, it has always had negative connotation. So I wonder at what point did the Hmong people say, hey, no dragons, they are no, no. Like, we don't want to associate with dragons because they're just bad. Yeah. Know? I wonder where, where that... I'm actually thinking, like, maybe it's due to fear. Because if you play on fear, back in the old days, mm. if you live in a mountain somewhere and there's a body of water... You don't know how to swim. You don't know how to swim. And if you drown, yeah. like, of course, when you drown, your body turns a different color. And if you don't know what that is, then you're going to probably blame on the dragons. Yeah. There's no explanation because you're yeah. not scientifically, like, well... You don't you're not, know like, scientifically what happens to a body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, like, there's a lot of things that you don't know, and you're making a lot of assumptions. So, what other things mm-hmm. to blame than ghost, dad, dragon, you know? Things you can't explain. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Like, <laughs> so like, the more we do research about, like, ghosts, like, in the Mo community, the more, like, why do Mo people experience so much paranormal stuff? <laughs> <laughs> but technically, if, like, I swear. it's not only us, other people get it too, but ours seems just so more intense. And I think it's because... We grew up believing it more, so that's why it's more scarier. I wonder, like, do you have to live in the middle of nowhere to, like, truly experience these paranormal activities? Because you just don't know what's in the deep, dark forest or in the deep blue sea, you know? I've, I've always been very curious. Maybe. I mean, maybe they do exist, but maybe at the same time, it's also your brain playing tricks on you. Because when you are in a place so isolated, you start to make things up. Anything could happen. Could be. Yeah, or even like an animal crying in the woods somewhere and you're alone. You may think like, oh, th- is that a dragon? Is that a ghost? You don't know? 
<laughs> Pino bite. <laughs> right. But even like, we were looking at the list of dreams. Uh, like two out of like whatever are good. Good meanings of having a dream about a dragon, right? Most of them are just out of fears. So I I think that's very interesting how me perspectively like look think about a dragon like even i get scared of body of waters and sometimes i would just like to imagine like oh maybe there's a dragon in here i shouldn't go near it or if i see a person having like a slip of a foot and they like slip into the water i'm like oh no dragons got you <laughs> i was like i, I hope you're okay <laughs> and you know i i'm i don't really think i'm that like supernatural or paranormal about like um, ghosts and things like this but it makes you think about what we grew up like listening to by our parents stories or watching and Hmong movies and so I don't know it's very interesting yeah. I I don't have an answer for it but I'm intrigued to keep doing more research about dragons definitely yeah and it'd be cool to find out like what other people know about like dragons specifically because we don't have all the knowledge we only know what we know as we grew up and from our own experiences so like some of our facts may not be like the same as other people but in that like it doesn't end there like we're we're open like let us know what you know like teach us what you know because we love to learn more yeah yeah if you know anything or you have any stories or facts you want to share with us leave us a comment or email us at tearfreddycats at gmail.com or you can share it or and also like our page our Facebook page at Two Freddy Cats. Thanks for listening to our episode. Our next episode will be about Death by Romance, where we analyze a Hmong plastic horror film. Yes, and we hope that you have a wonderful day. Finish off your week strong. Stay safe. Stay inspired. And beware, there's, there's die, die everywhere. This is my Jay. And this is Shua. And you have been listening to Two Freddy Cats Podcast. <laughs> Good day.